0: Welcome to episode 117 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I am your host Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host Dalton Willie. No Johnny Fam tonight; he is off kicking the ball. Dalton, how are you doing after a just wild week one that had the wildest of wild endings? I am doing well. It was not the most exciting week obviously
1: when offense is not the name of the game for most of the games other than the Chargers Dolphins week fantasy suffers and you get some weird outliers like I think Tyler Algiers RB1 on
0: the week and if you would have asked me
1: to predict that coming into week one I don't think I would have a thousand times
0: yeah and I think none of the top five drafted quarterbacks finished in the top 10 besides Mahomes who I think was like QB seven. Or something like that now obviously he could have been maybe like qb4 if, if guys would have got the ball uh but yeah jalen hurts josh allen um who am i am missing fields maybe was in that group i don't know but yeah no, like, he scored 14 points i mean i mean in in that group of not being in, in the top 10 and then uh or of being a top five guy i can't remember oh lamar jackson being the other one who had a fine yeah. game but no you know no touchdowns for him so not a great fantasy week. And, you know, we're in a dynasty league, and so those matches are a little bit different. Teams are in different places. But I think, what, we have two teams over 100 points this week? Yeah. Um, and, and some teams under 70.
1: <laughs> same names.
0: <laughs> and uh, now, obviously, again, dynasty league. So it's, it's a little bit different. And we also don't play with defenses, so nobody in our league got the Cowboys' 37-point boost. The Cowboys, by the way, I believe were like the third highest scoring player, maybe second. I think it was Tyree Hill, then the Cowboys, then Tua were the three highest scoring players of this weekend. So if that tells you how week one went in a nutshell, pretty much. Well, then the Cowboys get uh, Daniel Jones or, or Zach Wilson next week. So Yep, and that is a great transition, Dalton, to where we are going to start this one off today. Aaron Rodgers, Monday Night Football, runs out the American flag. The atmosphere was pretty impeccable. I was excited for it vibes were high and then four plays into the game he goes down and you kind of think I don't know it it didn't it didn't look like much but then as we start to get word we realized it in fact was a big deal turns out Rodgers tore his Achilles obviously out for the year and whether I believe this or not the Jets are saying it Zach Wilson is their guy the rest of the year let's just go under that assumption for right now because that is what they're saying what does this mean for Brees Hall who looked as good as you could expect now the snaps were limited but the big plays were not for Brees and then Garrett Wilson who bless his heart did everything in his power to catch a touchdown the other night what does this mean for those two guys who we all had such high hopes for if they were healthy this year
1: well I think it says a lot that a team that forced four turnovers uh, had to go to overtime to win the game and then won the game on a special teams
0: play. Well, and they, Ooh. and they get the ball and run three straight times. I think I'm first in 15 and kick yeah. the field goal. Or it's like, you just get one first down you're kicking a field goal with no time left.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's not good. There's the famous Warren sharp tweet. I'm sure we've shut on here before last year. Anybody not named Zach Wilson averaged over 300 yards for the Jets. <laughs> Anybody named Zach Wilson averaged 180 yards. Like he is a significant downgrade for their offense. I think, Garrett, the I, think, I think
0: Garrett Wilson averaged like 48 yards per game with, with yeah. Zach Wilson at quarterback. Yeah, Garrett Wilson had to like, use the force of God <laughs> to
1: catch the touchdown pass he did in week one. And he's going to need to do that all week long, all season long. Yep. I mean, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson are the only two weekly starts on his team and I feel uneasy about Garrett Wilson
0: well even Brees he's he is less impacted than a receiver just because he doesn't rely on the quarterback literally every time to get him the ball but you know depending on how long Brees stays on this snap count which I think is smart and I think they should keep doing it because we want Brees healthy all season we want him there for the fantasy playoffs it could be a little dicey now am I saying bench Brees of course After what you saw last week, you you can't bench Brees Hall, but it's going to be a little bit scary, I think, if Brees Hall in this offense with that quarterback is getting 10 carries every game because he's great and he can make big plays happen, especially if they're blocked up well, which a couple of those were there night, but he even, you know, a healthy, completely healthy and back Brees Hall probably houses that touchdown but he still had to do a lot to beat the safety to to beat jordan poyer before that showed some acceleration change the direction it could have honestly been like a conditioning thing on the touchdown too We, we just don't know but he's just not quite himself but neither here nor there if if we're getting snap count and 10 to 12 carry Brees hall you know you start it and you hope but you you don't feel good about it at all
1: yeah, and, and now's the time for the conversation that no one wanted to have in the offseason, which is Nathaniel Hackett is calling plays. Yeah. and Yeah, suddenly
0: the Jets are in the hands of Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, uh,
1: which is doomsday scenario. Like, we saw this last year. It's going to be week three, and the Jets are going to have a goal line run where Brees Hall lines up at a shotgun, and everybody's going to wonder why. Like, And then Dalvin Cook gets, like, 16 carries and looks, like, not good in those 16 carries. Yeah, um, fa- It's going to be a fantasy terror because this team is going to want to play slow they're going to to play methodical and they're going to want to really put the put this on the backs of their defense and they're going to do it all season long and they'll probably be a good NFL team but fantasy I mean if I have Garrett Wilson and someone is like offering me Stefan Diggs or anybody I'm just selling I'm selling for any wide receiver who is a wide receiver
0: one yeah yeah like uh I don't know. Uh, thinking redraft. Uh, we'll talk about this guy later. Calvin Ridley. Um, Go to the T Higgins owner right now. Yeah, if they're stat watching
1: and be like, hey, straight up Garrett Wilson for T. I'd yeah. do it.
0: Yeah, I would definitely take the T Higgins side of that. At least with with how things stand right now. I mean, I know this is what they're saying. I just I can't believe they're really going to just roll with Zach Wilson. I mean, you look at it, they had such a high profile divorce from this guy last year where he was playing terribly. Was he injured or benched earlier in the season or both? Both at different times. I believe. So he, he comes back only because I, I'm losing track of, I think Mike white, was it Mike white last year? Was he got a concussion? So Mike white gets hurt and they finally have to bring Zach Wilson back. And it's, just atrocious like getting booed off the field at halftime one of the worst performances I've ever seen in whatever primetime game that was like it just really feels like there's no coming back from that I don't know why the Jets didn't go address QB2 not that you have to make it a high priority but just get a veteran in there just a a solid veteran do the Chiefs model where you have the Blaine Gabbert the Chad Haney who they've already reached out to allegedly I I think that was a Jordan Schultz so I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if I'm taking that one to the bank or not but god I I like I just hope they go get somebody what I think my fantasy trade for them would be go get Kyler Murray go use the first round pick that you get back now maybe they're thinking they got Rodgers next year I don't think they should be thinking that because while they've been adamant he's not retiring what's it gonna look like age 40 coming off an Achilles or maybe he will just retire I don't think anyone can say for certainty what that guy is gonna do uh, a calendar year from now but Go get Kyler Murray, try and scrap through the next couple of weeks without him, and let's just see what happens. Like, you owe it to this defense, to these young weapons, to, to go grab somebody. Now, I don't know financially how easy that is to make work, but that's just my fantasy land trade that I'd like to see. Makes sense for the Cardinals. I mean, just give the Cardinals another pick. Give him the opening draft Caleb Williams in the offseason. It's a win-win. Well, I even got excited about... I saw they were tied to Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, that'd be a good one, too. And I was like,
1: oh, well, that's, that, that's something. Like, I mean, it, if, it if,
0: if if they get last year's Jacoby Brissett, that's probably a 10-11 win team. Yeah,
1: it, it, anybody is better. I mean, it, it, like Matt Ryan was tied to them. That's better than Zach Wilson at this point, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, that, that one might be a little debatable, but
1: probably. It's, it's terrible. Maybe they call the Rams if the Rams are still trading Stafford. I, I don't know if they can afford that, but it's they got to do something. If they don't. I don't want any player on this team.
0: Agree with you, Dalton. Let's jump into the main topic of today's show. We're talking all things week one. We have a nice little slate of 20 quick topics. We're going to go through, if we buy it, that means we think it's true. If we sell it, that means we think it's false. And then skeptical, which is self-explanatory, basically just a, a patient, sl- let's wait and see, how it plays out sort of deal. So buy, sell, skeptical. Let's start in Atlanta, not with B. John Robinson, Dalton, but with Tyler Algier, who you mentioned. Was he the RB1? He was at least a top two or three running back if he wasn't. Tyler Algier is going to have a low-end RB2 value rest of season. Buy, sell, or skeptical from you? Uh, I'm buying for a couple reasons. One,
1: it's Jamal Williams, 2.0, what we have here, uh, in my opinion. Looking at... The Falcons, I just need to tell myself they're not going to do what I want them to do. What I want them to do is an 80% snap share from Bijan Robinson. That's true. And to pass to their their players they wasted. We'll get
0: to that.
1: Yes. Um, So I'm buying, I think he's their goal line back. It looks like that's how they want to use him. Uh, The Bijan fumble. After before the Bijan fumble, it was a 50-50 split. After it was a 75-25 split. That's probably just Arthur Smith like letting his young guy take a lick and like they, they didn't need Bijan in that game. Uh Algier also ripped off a like 35-yard run in the game. So he he has the juice for him. Yeah. And just going back to the same thing we saw last year, even if this team's down by three quarters, I'm confident they're going to run the ball as much <laughs> as they can. They will rotate Bijan and Tyler Algier out. I think that. He is a weekly flex value with high touchdown upside like we saw this week. I will continue to buy wherever I can.
0: Yeah, I, I agree that he's a weekly flex value, but I, I have him a little bit lower than, than like RB2. I I'd still have him outside the top 30 of running backs, I think, even with this week. So I'm selling. Um, I, I know you're right. They're going to run even when they're behind. They're going to run more than we want. But they were either tied or ahead this entire game. So Gainscript game kind of allowed them to... Really go, go full bore into the running back thing. I mean, I think the snaps are something like 65 to 55. These guys are both on the field a lot. Maybe they'll continue. Their running backs had something like a 53% target share, which is just absurd. While Drake London has one target in the game and zero receptions, which, oh, God. just I'm just selling because I still don't think Algier is that good. I think he's fine. Like, good power back, solid player. In a great scheme and I think he can be a great compliment to Bijan but I do think Bijan will eventually start to eat into this a little bit more he did have the edge uh in passing like in routes run but the rushing snaps were 60 percent 40 percent uh in rushing share in favor of Algier and I just think that's gonna flip and when that flips I, I think the value is-, is just not quite there for Algier at that at that price Yeah, I still
1: think a 40%
0: rushing share in this offense is higher than, like,
1: a 70% in some other offenses that just don't run the ball as frequently. Uh, I mean, they had 16 total pass attempts. They play the South six games, five more games in the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, And any game, they have a 7-point, a 3-point, or even a negative 7-point lead. They're gonna come out there and they're gonna not want to put the, the ball in Desmond Ritter's hands and make him make decisions. So I'm just confident that Algiers is gonna to continue to get it, and I think he's the goal line back. I think without a doubt he is. Uh,
0: again, I, I just think that that could be very subject to change. I'm not ready to try quite draw the goal line back conclusion after week one, but it's possible. It's definitely possible. I think we're it's all a lot of guessing, and you're making the assumption of rational coaching in Atlanta. <laughs> You know, you mentioned Drake, uh, Drake Ritter. I think he was, or Desmond Ritter, excuse me, I'm thinking Drake London here. De- I think Desmond Ritter was at one point three for three for negative something yards and one touchdown, which is just hilarious. And let's look to his main man, who we, who we want to be his main man, at least, Drake London. Dalton, is it time to sound the alarm on Drake London after a one target, no reception game? I mean, I'm not, s-
1: first of all, I saw some drop. Drake London for Pukunikwa on Twitter. Uh, I wouldn't go that far because one guy is a very, very talented player. He's definitely not getting a start uh, this week or yeah. for like at least two or three weeks. I'm not dropping him yet because of his talent level. Oh, sure. Uh, but between Desmond Ritter's continued inaccuracies, this has rolled over now to this season. Uh, last week uh, in week one, and this is taking away because I think it's needed his one catch that he threw to himself. <laughs> uh, Desmond Ritter was the third least accurate starting quarterback in week one, which continues the trend we saw last year where he's inaccurate. Yep. Uh, and then between one target for Drake London, two for Kyle Pitts, and then like four to Mac Hollins and then six to Bijan and three to Tyler Algier, I'm just confident that the game plan is not made for Drake London and it won't be made for him. So I don't want to start him because I'm really praying that th- there's like a massive, Fundamental change in the mentality of this team. I don't think they're going to
0: have one anytime soon. Yeah, I, I'm going skeptical here. People know, obviously, I, I was big on Drick London before the season. I, I'm still big on the player. Definitely uh, dubious of the situation more so than before, and I already was uh, before. He led the team with 20 routes to run. 20. That <laughs> some teams will do that in one quarter if they have the ball long enough. Uh, like that. That's just absurd like I the floor is obviously lower than I would have thought given the fact that you can have one target no receptions I didn't have that one in this range of outcomes I didn't have a great deal of confidence in Ritter even that has been lowered a little bit but I still just think the player is good enough that he will have his good weeks will he be frustrating probably and can you start him next week Probably not, unless you're pretty desperate with injuries, which maybe you are. Maybe you had J.K. Dobbins and Deontay Johnson, and you don't have a choice. You know, there are definitely people out there like that. Yeah, I mean, I would start guys like Zay
1: Jones, um, Josh Reynolds, Nico Collins.
0: Oh, Josh Reynolds, that. sent the Alan Robinson.
1: Those are all guys I'd start over at this point.
0: Uh, See, not I'm not going quite that far, but I, I get I it. Mean, Twenty routes, like that is, that is <laughs> absurd. How it, it is terrible. He's not even getting like the, you know, Sky Moore had whatever it was two targets, but this crazy high route participation. It's like oh, you can't even get the the cardio jokes off with Drake London because he's not even getting the cardio and he, he's getting like a warm up, like a light exercise. His five percent per route run target rate. <laughs>
1: That's what you got if you if you're desperate.
0: Uh, okay, on the Bengals. We should lower expectations for all Bengals weapons this season. I am going sell. I am pretty sure you're with me on that. Don't you with me on that sell? Yeah, no, I'm selling that one. Even if I hate the Bengals. Yeah, like Burrow missed all of camp. Probably a little bit of rust there. The Browns defense was just flat out really, really good. Miles Garrett just wrecked the game. Like Matt Harmon has been saying this all week, the def- defensive players get paid too. And this is definitely one of those games where the defensive players made their money and completely took over this game. Now could the Bengals have played better? Of course they could have played better. Even with the offensive line, you would think they could drop up some stuff to just like throw a screen pass to Jamar Chase, you know, a couple, maybe uh, just get the ball in his hands instead of uh, every time Burrow is running for his life. Both of his best players are 15 yards away from him. Uh, but that's just kind of classic Bengals growing pains that we seem to have to go through at the beginning of every season. I think the guy that most people are probably talking about with this conversation uh, is T Higgins, who you mentioned earlier, eight targets, zero catches. Did I give you the name of the last player that did that when, when we had this conversation? No, you didn't. Is it a recent name? Uh, Well, hold on. Let me, let me just tee this up and we can get this drop back here. There has been one player in the last eight years, and it happened in 2015. Who had at least eight targets and zero catches? Who's
1: that Pokemon?
0: He's, Can I get a quarterback? Uh, I don't know. who Well, actually, I do know who his quarterback was. But that would give it away. He he is currently still playing, and uh, he is in the same division as the Bengals. AFC North. Yes. And he's still playing
1: in the AFC North? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This didn't happen in the AFC North. I didn't say that. Just oh, that he's, okay. in, he's in that division right now. Is it Odell Beckham Jr.? Good guess, but no. Amari Cooper in 2015. Ah, with, uh, if, if I said Derek Carr, i know immediately you're going probably to Amari Cooper. So, yeah.
1: Dang it. No, I thought it might have been Odell with a bad Eli year.
0: <laughs> that I mean, or Odell, I mean, I said 2015, but it could have easily been Odell with Baker Mayfield later on if I didn't give you... The year, So, yeah, I have nothing much more to add on the Bengals. I, I think we're staying the course. We're starting the guys this week. And you just have to kind of stay in the flames a little bit. Anything else you want to add there? No, I mean,
1: that Browns defense is legitimate. Like, it yeah. is just very good. And what they put on paper with Jim Schwartz was exciting. And it's going to be fun to watch, not from a fantasy perspective, but, like, from a real NFL perspective. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're going to figure it out. Like, last year there was an overreaction to what the Bengals put on the field against the Steelers uh obviously it's not very pretty and no one wants to deal with those games but w- it's it's going to turn around they're going to have better days you just i would watch the offensive line play because it does look like if joe burrow gets hurried that fast there's a problem uh because he wasn't able to get out of the pocket yep. but it's nothing um, i'm concerned about right now yeah.
0: and miles garrett with Cedarius smith is one of the better pass rush combos probably right now but also you look at that division, the Ravens don't terrify you, but also they have another game against the Browns, and then they have uh, T.J. Watt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, two. and there's so, Highsmith. Yeah, so there's, uh, there's definitely a fair share of good pass rushers. We can be quick with this one, I think. Dalton, we should be worried about Josh Allen. I'm selling. I know it was bad, but Josh Allen's been a roller coaster for the last couple of years. And kind of like Burrow, just too long a track record for me to be any kind of worried right now. I think he'll be just fine. I'm skeptical. Oh, okay, wow. But it, it's it's the expectation of what Josh Allen should
1: be doing for you, based like you took him in the third round, probably early to mid. Mm-hmm. So there's an expectation that he needs to be like a 25 to 30 point dog for you weekly, for you to win some of your weeks. And I've been mean, going back. I I had Josh Allen ranked a little lower than consensus at QB five. Yep. And my my biggest concern with Josh Allen was another year removed from Brian Dabble's offense is going to create some haywire and some wild plays. And it looks like his offensive coordinator has leaned into that. There were multiple, multiple underneath routes that Josh Allen had wide open in that Jets game. And he just chucked it.
0: Well, it just on, on top of that, he um, he had the play where he could have run out of bounds, was actually heading out of bounds, turned back up field just to get hit by like three defenders at the same time. Yeah. Uh, there, there was the, the play in the first half where he threw the pick, just where he chucked it like 40 yards down the field you know michael orphan actually made the point that i thought was interesting he was he was getting mad at Diggs and uh the coach uh, i'm blanking on on their coach's name right now uh mcdermott uh mm-hmm. for for continuously doing this to josh allen pointing at their head like telling him to be smarter telling him like just leave him alone and he basically said on that interception that he threw the double coverage he looked like he was trying to satisfy an unhappy receiver and i was like oh that's An interesting angle that I hadn't thought of, but makes a little bit of sense, you know, based on what we know. But I'm still not worried. It's still still too early. I think this is just uh, we're starting at the bottom of the roller coaster this year. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, the Jets are good defense, but I'm skeptical
1: if if you're expecting him to either Patriots. He plays twice and I think their defense is very, very good as well. Yeah, Yeah, we saw we, we saw that. Um, so I'm just skeptical. I, I This might just be a down year for him. I don't think he, he he could just end up being
0: like QB7 and you're disappointed. It could happen. All right, Puka Nakua, to get on to some positive stuff here. Are you buying, Dalton, that Puka Nakua is an every week start until Cooper Cup returns? Uh, Not really. Ooh. Um, I I know he's like a popular waiver ad this week. Yeah. Uh,
1: waiver but, I ad. mean, he, he gets San Francisco – this week, it's gonna be a tough game for that offensive line in the Rams. And it's it's just too much too soon for me to believe into it. Sean McVay is a very, very good play caller. Like in the same light, 2 at Atwell should be an every week start if we're doing this, you know? Well, that's, uh, that, that's the next question. So let's bundle well, it in, in, into one here. Yeah, I'm selling both. I think Matt Stafford is a required start. And I think that this, that we forgot how creative of a play caller Sean McVay is yeah. because of what he had to work under. Uh, but I'm not going to buy into starting anybody on this team, but probably Tyler Higby and the Cooper Cup when he gets back uh, for, for some time going forward.
0: I am buying Puka Nakua. I'm selling Tutu Atwell. I'm skeptical on Tutu and leaning sell. I'm definitely not starting him next week. Uh, Puka Nakua, I am I am on board. He, he and Zay Flowers are the only two guys to hit a 40% target share this week the the kid looked good most importantly Stafford looked really good the arm was lively now does he stay healthy that is the biggest question mark with Stafford still but you know they had kind of been telling us they being the Rams and beat reporters that he had had a a pretty healthy offseason and we just really weren't it seemed like nobody was really taking that cheese because we were so afraid of what we had just seen and everything we'd heard about how bad the injury was, how he was having the neck issues, and he was maybe going to retire. The team wanted to trade him, and he looked pretty darn good. And this is a guy that was only in the slot about a third of the time. He can move around. He can compliment Cooper Cup when he's back. He reminds me – it's funny. He reminds me a lot of Robert Woods. There were people calling him uh, major, major, major – not ma- major poor man's Debo Samuel before <laughs> b- before he had played. So a uh, poor man's Debo Samuel, similar to Robert Woods, like he's got some rushing stuff in the bag that he did in college that he hasn't shown yet too. I, I think he's a start. I'm, I know it's a tough matchup, but I'm firing up, firing him up this week if I need uh, a receiver start. Yeah, I, I'm just out. I need to see more. The Rams were just able to dictate that game once both offensive
1: tackles went out for yep. the Seahawks. It, that that is a situation worth monitoring really, uh, for a while. The the good news is the Rams' second-round pick of Vila from TCU looks like what they needed a guard yep. and a stabilizing force on that line. And if that is a thing going forward, then they become a very good pass offense, which I would want to buy shares into.
0: Yeah, and, you know, 2-2 for me, it's just we have a decent sample size of him not really doing anything in the NFL. So I just need to see a lot more than one week before I'm uh Yeah and he's hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, I think he's actually gained weight. He's like listed at one sixty five. Now how true that is, I don't know. But but yeah. He got I, wet
1: before he got on the scales, what happened?
0: <laughs> um I'll, I'll skip the next one here just uh to, to bundle the Rams all in one. Kyron Williams, probably the biggest well, him and Puka equally big. Uh Rams story of the weekend. Are we buying Kyron Williams as the running back to to own in this backfield and not Cam Akers, Dalton. I, I don't think there's a running
1: back to own in this backfield, so I'm selling. Um, I mean, Cam Akers got a lion share of touches. Still, he got 22 touches. I know 22 on 29 looks bad. Do you? But some, do you know what the snap count was in
0: the first half, though? It was it 50 50 in the first half. No. No. I. I guess i need to double check this i am pretty sure it was 26 to 3 in the first half
1: in favor of kyron yeah wow that is wild um sorry i'm gonna have to go
0: dark for a second here because i just unplugged my speaker so i can't hear you no worries um but yeah i'm i'm not quite as skeptical as you but i'm i'm still going skeptical on kyron williams um he at least has to be ranked ahead of Cam Akers this week. And again, the snaps, I'm pretty certain, 26-3 to 3 in favor of Kyron this week. The buzz all offseason was the third down roll was his. He's got it locked down. He's going to be out there on third downs. And then just McVeigh flips that on its head, and he's just the guy so much so where it's like, oh, my God. Like, what is happening? Like, is Cam Akers hurt? What is going on right now? He ends up with 22 carries for... A hilarious twenty-nine yards saved his day with a touchdown, but man, just McVeigh has done so much jerking around the fantasy of fantasy football managers these last couple years with this backfield. Just proceed with caution, and I think you know waiver wire has already passed. So if you spent the Fab, you spent the Fab. What I would be doing is not anything actionable yet. Just keep your eye on Zach Evans because he, like, I still don't really think Kyron is that good. I think he's a good third down back. I don't think he's a very good overall back. Uh, Cam Akers, clearly they're looking for somebody else uh, to fill that role. I think at some point, Zach Evans will have value this year. And, you know, you don't have to go pick him up now. But the first time you see him active on game day, maybe if you have the roster spot, just go give it a little stash. That, that would be my actionable advice here
1: yeah and i agree with, with that i think zach evans is the guy i want um mostly because we both think he's a good player and they didn't have a lot of draft picks in this draft and they still decided to take him. uh trade up for it, him yeah when it comes to this cam Akers versus Kyron williams fight i don't think either guy is the guy to own it's still not a good offensive line it mm-hmm. looked good because they weren't able to generate pressure because they were up by so many points that they were dropping back into coverages trying to prevent the rams from running the score up on them uh so i'm i it this is a game that i'm not going to look too far into because the game plan would arrive pretty quickly when two tackles go down for the other team mm-hmm. and it, it just it spiraled for the seahawks then i went back and i watched some of the snaps too and i mean like some of the the runs kyron had the linebackers just bit off of like a bad play action and then the same thing didn't happen for cam Akers who got stuffed in the hole in the same run play so All in all, I think it's going to be a frustrating backfield if you spend a lot of fab on Kyron. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't have done that.
0: Yep. With you there. All right. Jordan Love will be good enough to maintain fantasy value for Packers skill position players. And I am putting this one down as a big, fat skeptical. He did nothing uh, in the game on Sunday to make me think he can't necessarily. But he was just so unbothered by the Bears. Not because he's that good, because the Bears were that bad. And also, he had guys wide open. He had two plays, I think, that were just completely busted coverages down the field. He had multiple plays where receivers got big-time yak for him, which, I mean, hey, great, everybody gets that. But it's just, I need to see more out of Jordan Love, out of this offense, before I really, number one, feel great about the status of, of the weapons. Obviously, Aaron Jones when he's healthy, and then Christian Watson when he's healthy. And then, number two... I you know just about Jordan Love like Jordan Love could potentially work his way into streamer category if he can keep playing the way he did the other day. Now with that said, if they don't have Aaron Jones, they don't have Christian Watson. I'm not gonna flip the other way and, and say Jordan Love is completely cooked this season if he looks bad this weekend.
1: Yeah, and I'm with you. I might be leaning closer to the sell, but I'm staying skeptical just because we haven't seen a ton of Jordan Love. But you start. There's a non-existent defensive line for the Bears. It was it was a position of need so much so that people thought they were going to add after the roster cutdowns and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then their secondary is just as bereft of talent. They all they have is first-round pick Kyler Gordon, who was one of the most targeted uh, corners last season. Like he's not good at his job. Uh, and then like one of the three plays that they're offensive line broke down, Uh, was like a huge just throwaway by Jordan Love is the moment he rolled out, the moment he was under pressure. So I'm just not buying that the moment he plays an NFL-level defense, he's going to be as good as he was on Sunday. And it's just a lot of guys. Like this room already, between Luke Musgrave, who I think a lot of people think is now a popular waiver pickup, and then you have Romeo Dubs, who I'm still skeptical of, but got two touchdowns, and then Christian Watson, who hasn't played, and then Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon that it's five players that are like fantasy relevant that you're expecting Jordan Love to carry this offense to. So pretty skeptical of it, probably closer to buying. There was a pretty fun quote at the end of the game where they asked. Closer to uh, selling, you mean, right? Close to yes, to selling. selling. Sorry, yeah. They asked the head coach, the, the Green Bay Packers, if Jordan Love audible wants and he didn't. <laughs> like, it's way different from Aaron Rodgers. They're running his offense now. Um, but it, it's just worrisome that like, I don't think this guy really knows ball. I don't think the Packers thought he knew ball because they didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to extend his fifth year contract. Uh, so we'll see. There's plenty of football to be played. I'm not, I'm not there for it. You take away the Aaron Jones 64 yard touchdown. And suddenly this, this team's, they barely beat a Packers team that like that in the, the pick six, they barely beat a Bears team. That was terrible mm-hmm. on the field. So. yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you all the way around there. All right, Brian Robinson, Dalton, is the Commanders' clear lead running back? Buy, sell, skeptical? I'm buying. Yeah,
1: um, me too. Like, in Antonio Gibson, dead. Yeah. Like The moment he fumbled that ball, dead. He was not heard of. Chris Rodriguez, their sixth-round pick out of Kentucky, was on the field. He had a lot higher snap share, which I think was like 18%. But Brad Robinson did the thing that we didn't think he was going to do touchdown pass
0: he it was his one uh one catch and one target but yes yes it was and they they both ran 16 routes but the touches were 20 to 4 in favor of brian robinson
1: uh this is a rich man's rashad white in that i think brian robinson's actually like not bad at football unlike rashad white Uh, and if you look back at his like history of rushes since he's been healthy i don't think he's been below 15 rushes once so like the work is there uh, them playing the Cardinals again isn't there. But it's a volume-dependent like it's a volume dependent RB2 with RB1 upside and touchdowns is what he would be. But I'm buying that he's the RB1 here. Yep, he sounds like new James Conner to me. Yeah, new James Conner is a great comparison for him as well.
0: All right, Kenny Gainwell, Dalton. Buy or sell that he will lead this Philly backfield. Of course, once he's healthy, he is not playing tomorrow night uh, when I made this topic. But I still think it's a worthy conversation to be had.
1: Uh, I'm selling, but that's because I think this is going to be like a Russian roulette situation yep. where somebody is going to leave the backfield every week, and it's going to be somebody different. I think this week, my money's on Boston Scott. We'll see. Next week, Rashad Penny, week four, DeAndre Swift.
0: But Penny like, being a healthy scratch was so wild. I, I don't know if it's like maybe it's not the same guy with with the knee. Maybe he is just having health issues if they're not really disclosing. I, I don't know exactly what, what the story is there. Maybe he has there. juice in him. They want to save for the playoffs. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah I'm I'm with you and I think it is gonna be kind of like Russian roulette and I think really my my main thing is I just don't buy that Gamewell is good enough to hold off those others and be just the downright main guy I think Gamewell's Gamewell's fine but I think he looked like kind of just a replacement level running back the other day against the Patriots that was a tough matchup the team didn't play great but it's not like gamel went out there and just laid a claim to it needing to be his job, you know? Like he he le- definitely left the door open and I kind of think all these guys through injury, through their own inconsistencies uh, of play, whatever the case may be, for various reasons the door is always going to be left open for whoever is ready to walk through it that week. I think that's going to be the season for the Eagles this year.
1: Yeah, well, and I know, like, everybody got up in arms week one when Gainwell didn't play in the preseason, and then he played the next week, and DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny were a healthy scratch. Um, I think that's just what Nick Seriano wants to do with this offense, where he looks at his four running backs and he says, well, this week, this is the defense we're playing. These are the players that will do well. These are the players we're going to put on the field. And, I mean, last week, Gainwell's probably their best pass protector, and they played a very, very good rush yeah.
0: uh, next well, week. Well, and it's, it's funny – that, sorry to interrupt, but it's funny. Sirianni post game is like, you know, we, we got to get DeAndre Swift more involved. I, I think it's going to be like a tradition this year. Like every third game, he's going to, you could change the name of the running back. We got to get so and so more involved. That's just going to be the story of their season.
1: Well, no, fantasy Twitter was trying to dissect that quote both ways, where he was like, he'll have some games where he's there a lot and some games he's not, and people were taking it. Well, then Gainwell's backfield, or <laughs> oh no, next week's the Swift week. Like, I think the, this is like probably the worst running back by committee in the NFL right now. And you yep. just have to, you have to just trust your spot starts. I think it's going to be a lot of reading what the defense gives them, and they're going to put the player out there who's going to do the best, which sucks.
0: Yeah, at least maybe they'll do us the favor of only having two of those main three guys active every week. That would be nice. Yeah. So yeah. we, we can at least have it narrowed down. Yeah, uh, and then Boston Scott will just always be the, the 18% yeah. stats <laughs> share player. <right>. So. <laughs> That's right. All right, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones are a wide receiver two committee for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dalton, are you buying or are you selling this, or are you skeptical? Uh, I'm skeptical. I need more data. Yep. Uh, but...
1: If I took Christian Kirk early, like a lot of people did,
0: I'm scared. 61% snaps. He was playing behind Zay Jones in two receiver sets. He wasn't out there.
1: Well, a lot of us thought that Zay Jones was the odd man out with Ridley there. And it might be Christian Kirk's the odd man out in two wide receiver sets. And this is an offense with a bad offensive line that needs to run tight end help and to run those chip plays, which means that there's less slot help and less time to have a slot on the field. And in a game where they could have used, you know, more explosive plays because the Colts were really clamping down, they couldn't get Kirk on the field enough. So definitely worry. And then Zay Jones, he legitimately just looks like a good NFL talent. Like, mm-hmm. he did it again last week. He did it again last season. Um, so skeptical. If I I know a lot of fantasy analysts were in on the at-cost Christian
0: Kirk over Calvin Ridley. And yeah. week one, they looked... They look pretty stupid. Uh, right, let, let's get the Calvin Ridley. Buy or sell. Which, By the, by the way, I, I'm putting myself down as skeptical uh, for the Christian Kirk thing as well. Um, I am definitely concerned in all the same ways you are. Buy, sell, skeptical. Calvin Ridley is a wide receiver one rest of season. And I'm buying this. I'm taking it to the bank. I was looking at rankings this morning. I saw him as high as wide receiver five, I, I believe, on, on a site. And honestly... I don't think it's crazy to say he needs to be right back up there in that 5-8 to eight range where he was, you know, two, three years ago when he was fl- playing and kind of going full bore for the Falcons. He's in a better situation than he ever was in Atlanta if he's able to stay healthy. He's got better quarterback than he ever had. He doesn't have Julio Jones there with him either. Like, you know, Zay Jones is fine. Chris Rick is fine. Neither of them are, are Julio, obviously. Like, he just looked awesome, man. So fast, crisp on the routes. Quick out of the breaks, just a different level of playmaker than anybody else the Jags had. I I wish I grabbed the stat, but I know he was among the top five in first read target share this week. And it's just very clear that the trust is already there between quarterback and receiver in this case.
1: Yeah. uh, And I'm with you on the bye. Uh, I mean, you look at the routes he was running, he put some of those guys in a blender and the. Like, the connection between him and his quarterback is already there. Like, on his releases, the ball was already out of Trevor yep. Lawrence's hands going to the spot. And those are really, like, encouraging signs. It's not like he had a long touchdown where he just beat his defender. They were just reading each other in motion. Mm-hmm. You see that with, like, Kelsey and Mahomes and Stefan Diggs and Allen and Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. Those are what you want. You want those guys who are just in motion together.
0: Yep. Agree with you there. I am just... Could not be more all-in on Ridley. Now, we both had him as, like, top 15. I, If I were re-ranking right now, I'd have him, like, at wide receiver 6, like, wide receiver yeah. 7, probably. I was just, uh, you know, as a dynasty Calvin Ridley investor, I was hoping and I was thinking he was going to look good. I did not even expect him to look as good as he did.
1: It's just frustrating we lost a year of this guy.
0: Basically, Two, I mean, pretty much two years. Yeah, to a $1,000 bet. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Zay Flowers as an every week starter. Buy sell skeptical. Uh I mean
1: we're both big Zay Flowers guys. It's been well known. I'm yep. buying for a couple reasons. That Houston defense is just I think it's just legitimately good. Yeah, pretty um, good. And what they did to Lamar Jackson, they had a game plan. Robert Sala uh I'd obviously brought over Damico Ryan's like they, they knew what they were doing in Houston to stop that game and lamar jackson's like emergency go-to valve was the safe flowers i'm sure 10 targets a game is gonna drop a bit with mark andrews in the yeah
0: and and plus you know the the offense it will continue to evolve and look better as they're more comfortable it's their first real game in a completely new offense
1: but i mean he cooked Derek
0: stingley on that
1: one out route i sent to you on a 20 yard out route and then he i mean he just looked the part he on one of his like gadgety routes where they threw him a screen. He made three guys miss to get a first down. those are the things you want. Those are what we expected. He looks like the best rookie out of that class right now this week. Uh and going forward, very, very excited about this offense. He's beat Rashad Bateman for the wide receiver one role so far. Um
0: so far, uh we'll talk about Bateman in, in a minute there. But yeah, I'm I'm buying uh the this every week start uh, I mentioned to you that his target share was over forty percent with the Puka Nakua thing earlier. Forty-seven percent target share. JJ Zacharyson says that is the highest by a rookie by far since at least two thousand eleven. So who who knows how far back that really actually goes? They're gonna get the ball in the hands even with Andrews back. I, I agree with you. It's a uh, you know all all that quick stuff. Like I think they're gonna have a rush or two and some screen passes uh, to him every game, because that, he is just, like, I saw someone say, and I think I even maybe made this exact comment about him at some point, he is, uh, yeah, second highest ever for Nakua, uh, TS, uh, with Zay Flowers beating him out at 47, Nakua was, like, at 40, um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, lost my train of thought, I was talking about. Uh, oh, get the stuff. Oh, he. Uh, he is so great with the ball in his hands. I made the comment previously that he's like a Kadarius Tony with uh, with a better work ethic and also better health. Uh, knock on wood. But I saw that him. tweet too. Better. I saw yeah. that tweet and I. I thought because you know we had kind of alluded to to that earlier. He's got that type of skill set, but he's also I think at least a more refined route runner than than Tony now you know maybe tony can improve in that area we'll we'll see a lot a lot up in the air for a lot to go there for 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 tony right now but yeah he he's got the juice down the field he just didn't really have to show it too much but you said it. he he had the out route he had another like over route He, he also had the whip route that he like he he did almost everything except for like run a post route which if you go back and look at his college tape he's got plenty of that and we, we said a lot during the draft process, he actually plays bigger down the field than Quentin Johnston because he goes and high points the ball down the field. Like, this is a guy who can do that, too. So, I'm very excited for Zay Flowers. I, I think he is a locked and loaded start on a weekly basis for rest of season.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, just to add to that post route point, uh, Lamar Jackson was the fourth quickest
0: time-to-pressure quarterback. Yep in week one, like they, they couldn't run the post rounds to him because it wasn't time. And that may continue to be the case for a couple of weeks because no Ronnie Staley, at least for a week or two, maybe. And then Lindstrom, their center also banked up too. So we may be seeing, uh, some jet sweeps, some end rounds, some bubble screens continue for Zay flowers real quick. I'll get the TS's question here. Needs one for a flex full PPR, Deandre Swift, Jordan Nasson and Puka Nakua. I am going Puka Nakua out of that group. Addison would be my second choice and I think Addison actually if you're looking at the matchup I think Addison is probably the choice here but James Bradbury's
1: out with concussion too
0: Yep, yep. so like I think if you're looking for safety Addison if you're looking for the most upside I do still think it is uh it is Nakua out of this group at least this week and then I just I'm not playing Swift out of this group it's it's very clearly a 1A 1B and then Swift, a distant third. Who, who would you prefer to have as, Aaron Nakua? I'm
1: flipping with you. I'd take Jordan Addison. I, I mean, he was the third wide receiver in most sets, but he was better than KJ Osborne. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be the wide receiver two out on a short week, but I think he's just he's really good. And this Eagles secondary is going to be going after Kirk Cousins. I don't know if you saw Bradbury's out. For the Vikings, which means they're going to be coming down the middle. A lot of quick hitters, uh, double coverages of Justin Jefferson. I like Addison here. I like thinking he's in a good spot. So I would go with him.
0: Yep. Yeah, I I don't think you can go wrong with with either Nakua or Addison, to be honest. I think both are good choices. I I think you can live with the result of either one. So just preference for you at that point. All right, Dalton, Rashad Bateman. I said we get to him. I think we can just talk talk through him very quickly. I think he played something like a 38% snap share. In this game. So, Rashad Bateman, is he the clear wide receiver three in Baltimore? I'm going sell and I'm saying give him time. You know, I always assumed they were going to slow play him. Um, now, I did say that he's like the clearest after a couple weeks, could be a, a starter, um but I probably didn't expect it to be week one. Now, week two, week three, if we still are seeing this for a couple more weeks, then I think the concern grows. But through one week, he missed a lot of camp. I just think let's let him get his win back. Don't rush a guy who is apparently injured back. And I just think he is a more talented player than Odell Beckham yeah. at this point. Yeah, no, I'm with
1: you. I'm selling. Obviously, I've been a big Rashad Bateman fan this off season, You look at the 15 yard catch he had. He only had three targets in that game. Uh, he runs a little in and out route on the top of in the middle of the field and lamar jackson gets pressured and starts to float left and rashad bateman just kind of mirrors lamar jackson the whole way down until lamar jackson sees him mm-hmm. and it's it's those little things that make you think that he's going to end up getting that wide receiver two role uh, and then i just don't trust you know adele beckham jr where he's at to be a full-time player no offense to him um, but definitely the wide receiver two on this team i still think he has wide receiver one upside in fantasy i love zay i love him we've talked about this before todd munkin Last time he had an offense in the NFL, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were top 12 wide receivers. Mm-hmm. No reason why these two can't be top 24, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. All right, uh, I'll, I'll skip around just for a second so we can just stay with the Ravens before we move on here. Justice Hill, Dalton, is he the running back to own in Baltimore? Buy or sell Justice Hill as the RB1 in Raventown? I mean, it's rough.
1: It's I'm buying but it's only because he is the closest skill set to J.K. Dobbins that I'm trusting that. Yeah. But like this is another one of those weeks where, I, as a fantasy owner, I probably would have went wild with my fab in a redraft league and taken Justice Hill because just as easily I could see Fournette or Kareem Hunt landing here. Yeah. Uh, Gus it, I mean Gus is what he is. He's 27 and a half years old with an ACL Turner's record now, yeah, so I'm if, not confident if the, the explosiveness if is there. If
0: this were 2020, it'd be a different story, yeah. and Gus Edwards would be running back 15. Yeah, but we're probably going to see like all three of these guys
1: mixing in now. I don't think any
0: of them have the juice to be the RB1. And, and by all three, Melvin Gordon being the yes. third guy for now yes. with potentially a veteran they sign. I mean, we've seen this movie, unfortunately, because there's been so many injuries, mainly the J.K. Dobbins, but also Gus Edwards, in this backfield that they're going to cycle out veterans. It's going to be frustrating I'm going to put myself down as skeptical. I need to see another week just because I know Hill has had his own injuries, but he's also had chances in years past to, to take a stranglehold on this job, and he hasn't. But that doesn't mean he couldn't. And what is making me at least a little more like assured, maybe not assured, but maybe a little more optimistic this time around is that it was his job as the running back, too, until J.K. went down. And then it was a split. He was getting carries alongside J.K. Now, J.K. was getting the majority of the work. But, you know, obviously you have Justin Hill. You're not going to give him 80% of the work. So it makes sense that Gus was in there. But he, at least for now, seems to be ahead in the pecking order. Does that continue? I'm not sure. But I need to see more. Put it down as a skeptical but... I could see anything happening in the in these next three weeks in this backfield, including, like, trading for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, no, I could see any of the above happening. Um,
1: and I, I don't know. We'll see. Like, the game plan was probably a full workload for Dobbins and then, like, scat back duties for Hill. And it very well might be the case. That that's why he <sighs> saw the workload in the second half because they had him in the game plan. And it was clear Gus Edwards was not a guy
0: they planned on using at all yeah. until
1: Dobbins went down.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm so sad for Jk man he he was looking good uh in that first half plus uh six minutes or so I think he caught two passes he was yep. like like gonna be a, a nice little pass catching day by his standards and of course the second pass uh blows the Achilles and it's just it's one of those brutal things where he was holding out and had no leverage but was trying to get a new contract now he blows out his Achilles and he'll be lucky to get more than a vet minimum next year and he pre- you know We'll see what he looks like when he comes back. I mean, yeah. there more running backs have had a modicum of success now than five years ago, but it's tough. Got got a feel for the guy; he's been through so many injuries.
1: Yeah, it's tough, but I don't know. What, and Achilles, I mean, it can ruin your career. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. All right, let's go to Kansas City. Uh, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony Dalton, are they droppable? Buy or sell Kadarius Tony and Skymore? Is droppable? I'm selling. God, that hurts to say. Me too.
1: Uh, start, let, Trust,
0: start us Trust us, everybody. Trust us. We were more mad at them than you all were. Yes. On yes. Thursday night. <laughs> uh, Sky Moore for
1: sure. Like he ran ninety percent of the routes. I don't. He got one target. I think it was
0: two, two? but one of them was like not very really. Catchable. It was a little catchable, but he would have had to be a little taller for it to be yeah. very catchable.
1: So just on that, like one of those the process is there he is the wide receiver one slash two like it's him and yes justin watson at the top of the roster uh so leaving him i he's definitely sitting on the bench this week to see a little something yeah and i Uh, would and
0: i would just say um i agree with you on sky that you know he i'm less concerned about him than tony you would just like for him to have receives more targets get get more open and like clearly there were clearly guys just weren't getting open and it, it would have been nice for him to step up into that but also this is still a young player without much experience last year and he was thrust into a bigger role than he was expecting as of tuesday when kelsey got hurt on like the literal last play of practice or close to it in their last practice before the game so this looked like a team and a unit that did not have a game plan because yeah. they were expecting kelsey until they couldn't have him
1: yeah and then going to canary's tony runs 12 routes gets five targets <laughs> like let's just start there the insane targets per route run stats still goes on it's like 40 <laughs> on that alone yeah uh yes i know it's one for five and the one was a jet sweep that didn't look good but everything else like he was still getting separation he's a guy who missed the entire training camp
0: and like you he did, not, he did not look right on that jet. So no. He, he no. tried the cut, and it was like he tried, and then he just couldn't. And we're yeah. used to seeing him, like, his cuts are so electric. So when he did that, I was like, huh. Okay, yeah. he, he is not quite himself out there right now. Um, but then you look, and on
1: his five targets, this is from ESPN Sports Stats and Info, he had an average of 12.2 separation, which would have led the NFL if he had run – qualifying route number like he was he was getting separation it the issue was he had hands of stone uh again same advice as Sky Moore: don't start him this week i don't care i know it's going to be a shootout between us and the jacksonville jaguars don't do it but i do not think it's worth dropping anybody yet till we have more clarity on what this offense looks like with travis kelsey back at toe.
0: yeah and you know on the drops he had four career drops entering this game he had three And thinking back on that, I think they are even being generous, and they could give him one more. Perhaps I think he may have actually had four. They're giving him three, Uh, but yeah, I I just think you've got to stay the course a little bit. Don't play him. Just hold him. Give him another week or two, and you can make a make a decision at that point. But yeah, I'm I'm hanging in there. Definitely not playing him. Definitely disappointing, but you know, it's one week. We try not to overreact to one week because there are. You can go back and. Find tweets and podcasts of week one topics, and some of them are like, Oh my god, I that was a thing for one week, I didn't even remember that, you know. So, yeah, Carson Wentz was a top
1: five quarterback. Yep, um, some other fun ones. If we just want to run through some other week one highlights, go for it. Um, ch, Cordero Patterson, and the eventual cut in Jamin Robinson were yep. RB1s last year. Yep, Cortland Sutton and Michael Thomas were wide receiver ones. Gerald Everett and Tyler Conklin were top eight tight ends. Like this was all conversations at the end of last season. OJ Howard had two (laughs) touchdowns and Michael Pittman had 13 targets. Like all of these were things that we were like, yeah, we were right. Um, So it's week one, things change. Offenses change.
0: Yep. 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 All right. A couple more before we get out of here. Uh, Tajay Spears will have flex value this season. Buy, sell, or skeptical? Uh, I'm buying. Uh, Ooh, I'm going skeptical. Interesting. I mean, he took Derek Henry off the field. He's the first running back to do it. Yeah. see history. And then, like, if... The touches if, didn't quite match the snaps, but
1: yes. Yes. But if, if like, Ryan Tannehill plays a not-terrible game... Yeah. Uh, we like Tajay Spears was in on some of the drives where we, we might've seen more. There's a play. I don't know if you've seen it yet. The wheel Tajay route. Spear- yes. It's the wheel route to
0: Tajay <laughs> I was Spears. watching that live. <laughs> uh, legitimately
1: Tajay Spears could have caught a touchdown and it, it would have been huge. Like big dogs going to eat. Derek Henry's going to get his. Yeah. If you're listening to this, don't be like concerned that Derek Henry's not to Not who we think he is. Yeah, um, this
0: is just a way for them to manage the snaps a little bit, yeah. but also still give him a lot of touches. Like, yeah. it, 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 Tajay Spears can have flex value without it being at the true expense of Derrick Henry. Yeah,
1: the stats didn't connect, but if you're doing waivers and he's still your waivers, I think you take yeah. him yeah. and you stash him. Yeah, Because it's also like, this is a one-to-one replacement.
0: Yeah, if, if Henry gets hurt, this is the running back. 11 in weekly regs or something, you know? And this is a guy
1: compared to Jamal Charles in pre-draft. The only reason he drops so low is he has no knees.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Which, you know, a concern long-term, not as much this year, and hopefully next year if Henry's not there and and he's the guy. But, yeah, I'm still skeptical. I need to see more. Uh, need, Need to see a true commitment to getting him on the field past just one week. And you said it. Tannehill looks so bad in this game that I, for the first time, uh, entertain the thought in my head that we may see a different starting quarterback in week six, and that would be very bad for this offense if that were to happen. Yes, that would be terrible. Uh, but I do think the
1: Saints' defense is a little better than we give them credit for.
0: Yep, that's true. For now, once all their guys on ARP are hurt in midseason, that may not yes, be true. Yes, that, that is fair. <laughs> all right, Dalton, three more. The first one, we can be quick. Everyone knows our stance on it, but I also want to say... On behalf of people who were even pro Rashad White, I think they even have to be concerned. Is it time to sound the alarm on Rashad White? Buy, sell, skeptical.
1: Uh, I'm selling
0: and... Really? Yes, here's why. Okay, you've lost me already.
1: <laughs> well, no, and if you drafted him, it's your own damn fault at this point. That's part of the reason. Like, you took this guy in the top seven rounds, okay? you If you thought he was good, maybe you're selling, but he got 80% of the team's carries. Like, this the whole path to him being something was him just getting the workload, which he got week one. I I don't know. Like, I, I can't do much with it. You know, he's going to be bad, but you, in my opinion, I thought he was bad. And I also thought Sean Tucker would be involved more and because Sean Tucker wasn't involved more. It's like, okay, well there's something here. It's yeah, but great. if he
0: if he keeps being this bad, eventually yeah. that's gonna happen. I and mean, him you know and what? Cam Akers were the worst. We're, the week. we're we're a week into his second season, and still the only nice thing people can say about him is he had a this. He had this snap share with this target share with this rush share. All these shares. What did he do with it? Not Jack. Not Jack. This guy's like Enron. Oh God. All right. Uh yeah, I'm sounding the alarm. I already was before, but I think if you drafted him, you should also be uh at least uh, uh radar radar on with this guy. The Chargers, Dalton, they finally found their RB two in Joshua Kelly Buy, sell hold.
1: Uh I'm I'm buying, I think. Me too. Was, the one thing I'll say is this Dolphins rush defense pretty terrible. I'm excited to see the Jets play them uh well and they hard. were
0: uh uh oh no sorry go ahead i, I was thinking of the other no, go ahead go ahead go ahead um but for now i'm buying it it looks like
1: Eckler might not play sunday which would yeah. really give us some you know ideas because isaiah spiller's the guy they drafted a guy i liked out of college and then they have this elijah johnson undrafted free agent They're the other two backs in the roster joshua kelly he's the only back that stuck around mm-hmm. i mean they lost uh, Larry Roundtree, and I don't remember the other back they had last year. But all in all, I mean, I'm buying it. He got the workload you wanted. I definitely think he's worth his stash on your roster, and he's definitely on Ravers.
0: Yep. Uh, to answer a question from PD in here, should I pick up the Chargers defense? It's that or the Texans. Off to look up who the Texans play. The Chargers play the Titans. Not not the worst idea to play against Tannehill after after what was displayed last week. I'll, I'll look up the Texans here a while. While I talk, but yeah, I'm I'm buying it with Kelly too. Like I think that he looks like a different player than when he first came into the into the league, and we were, you know, we had hopes for him, and he was getting a lot of D- DNP CDs mm-hmm. and he was losing work to other running backs that were no longer in the league, and he just looks like a different guy right now. He I was pretty impressed. I mean, he had sixteen carries, which in itself is something that really hasn't happened behind Eckler since Melvin Gordon, and then over ninety yards. And Eckler's been saying for years this is he, he wants somebody to be able to come in and pick up that slack and and do that. So yeah, I I'm buying Josh Kelly as the RB two. Maybe that means he has low end flex appeal. And then obviously you want him for situations like this where maybe Eckler does not play this weekend. Uh the Texans play the Colts. I'm not quite as in to to playing them against anthony richardson but I, I don't hate it i don't know which of those defense defenses do you prefer dalton uh i'm going with the chargers i
1: think they actually have a good defense and the dolphins just had a better game plan yeah uh, i mean jc jackson got put in a blender by them but like th- the titans looked legitimately terrible uh and joey bosa is going to sack ryan Tannehill or nick bosa whichever bosa plays for the chargers <laughs> it's joey it's- yeah, is going to sack Ryan Tannehill at least five times, which are free points. So I'm sticking there.
0: All right, last one. James Cook is the clear lead running back in Buffalo. Buy, sell, skeptical. Yeah, I'll buy that one,
1: but I don't know how long it's going to last. For is, really? is my take on that one. I, I, he didn't I, look I, great. I, I,
0: I'm I'm skeptical. I'm surprised that I'm I'm lower on the James Cook experience than you. Do you think it's just a committee? I I just think that that because I know Damian Harris got what like three touches Latavius Murray was pretty similar Mm -hmm. I just think that this was such a weird and bad offensive game from the Bills they weren't really hardly in the red zone like there just really weren't the down and distance opportunities too often to get those other guys on the field they weren't in they didn't have eight plays inside the 20 now they're gonna score on big plays too but you know they they weren't going up and down the field and having all these red zone opportunities where I think we would have seen more of those other guys. So I'm skeptical. I want to see what it looks like when this offense is humming and they have like a traditional workload opportunity for the running back room just to see what it looks like. Because yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, I'm i just not too impressed with James Cook. He's fast, but that I'm not really sure what else he is, you know? Yeah. I mean,
1: he had four targets and Damian Harris had two targets, and Latavius Murray had one target. Uh, I I don't know. I, it's it's a he's never had more than 160 touches his entire career. I'm skeptical he can do it. We'll see. The, I mean, this Bills offense has an easy get right game against the Raiders next week. Um, so we'll certainly figure out what that running back room. I'm not starting him anytime soon for sure because I still think Damian Harris is the lead back when it comes to red zone work on this team.
0: Yeah, that that's kind of what I think too, or at least I I want to see them. Um, in those situations more so we can see that actually bear out before I plant my flag which I feel like I've seen some uh, some flag plants on James Cook this week and I'm and I'm just not not quite ready don't do not do we one victory laps yeah it, it a lot of times doesn't work out we definitely took a couple in the show I hope those work out uh, but we're obviously putting ourselves at risk by by doing that as well Rashad White trash Zay <laughs> Flowers good I I think we're at least doing it with good and bad players where he's like James Cook. I don't think I think he's like average. I think he's fine, but I'm not doing a victory lap in the positive manner for a guy who I'm I'm just not like I'm not buying the the talent that I've seen yet. Yeah, I agree. All right, Dalton, that is going to do it for episode 117 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Give us a follow Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Half Point Per Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube The link to all of that, as always, in the show notes. We will answer your questions live on the show as they come in, if they come in as well. The show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Leave us a review. Enjoy week two. We will talk to you guys again with what I'm sure will be a fun and eventful week two. Look back next week.